0: The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to Patreon.com slash The It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's Patreon.com slash The Writer Files. Help us start something special.
1: but what i really love is the editing and the revision and i would do that all day every day if i could without actually creating any new words so my rule to myself is that in every writing session whether that's 10 minutes or whether it's a whole day i'm only allowed to edit what i wrote in the previous session And I must write some new words.
0: Greetings, scribes, and welcome back to The Writer Files. I'm your grateful host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and prosperity per usual. Award-winning novelist Claire Fuller talked to me about getting shortlisted for the 2021 Women's Prize for Fiction, what inspired her new novel, Unsettled Ground, and her creative process. Claire is an accomplished artist who studied sculpture at Winchester School of Art. She only started writing fiction at the age of 40, after many years working as a director at a marketing agency. She's now the author of four novels, including her award-winning debut, Our Endless Number Days, and her latest is Unsettled Ground, shortlisted for the Women's Prize for Fiction. The book's described as a tale of sacrifice and hope, of homelessness and hardship, love and survival, and an unusual family, Held together by a string of lies and a sudden death that threatens to undo them all. In a star review book list called Unsettled Ground Devastatingly Haunting, Claire is also an award winning short fiction writer and writing instructor. In this file, Claire and I discussed what inspired her to venture into fiction, how she constructs the beginnings of a novel, the slow, ponderous growth of her drafts, beta readers, and the importance of reading your work aloud and why it doesn't get any easier. Stay calm and write on. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. Yes, we're back on The Writer Files and I am honored today to be joined by a very special guest, I've got award-winning novelist and short story writer, Claire Fuller. How are you today, Claire?
1: I'm very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, uh, it is a pleasure. And I can't wait to dig into um, all things writing with you. Yeah, you are across the pond. Um, What's uh, going on over there right now?
1: I am. We finally got some sunshine. We've had about two weeks of rain literally all the time 24 hours a day that's what it feels like anyway um but today the sun is out i have been out and i have been out to lunch for the first time for months and months and months so i'm feeling very happy
0: that's amazing yeah doesn't isn't that a strange you know we're, we're speaking in 2021 towards the tail end of this pandemic that's kept us all cooped up but yeah it's a very um I don't, what's the what's the word I'm looking at? it's a strange feeling right it's kind of like a what what is that uh it's a dissociative feeling i think
1: yeah, yeah kind of yeah yeah definitely
0: it's very odd to be out in public
1: yeah and yes to be in a room with strangers feels odd but well, you know that has that's been a very long time so yeah but you all felt also very safe and very pleasant and uh, you know wasn't wasn't worried at all so yeah had a good time had some very nice food
0: excellent excellent um well i can't wait to talk about unsettled ground uh your latest novel of course we'd love to dig into uh, a little bit more about your superhero origin story as a writer because i understand you know you've of course um been an educator and uh, you know worn some different hats as a writer um, and short story author. Tell us a little bit about kind of how you got here and um, what you've been up to.
1: Yeah, well, I think it is perhaps a little bit different from other writers because I didn't ever intend to be a writer. It wasn't something that... I thought about when I was younger or, you know, some writers say they wanted to be a writer as soon as they could read. You know, that, that wasn't like that for me. I've always been a reader and always absolutely loved books and spent my childhood in libraries. We didn't have that many books at home, but I discovered libraries and would borrow the maximum number of books. So I mm. read and read and read. <laughs> and then when I was about 40, I was doing some art projects with my husband because I, my first degree was, was in sculpture. Mm. Um, and these were quite kind of public art projects. They, they weren't anything to do with sculpture, but we were following uh, Miranda July's book, Learning to Love You More, mm-hmm. where she encouraged people to go and do these odd little projects some of which were completely out of my comfort zone. Um, things like have a one-person demonstration. So build a, make a placard, go and stand somewhere and demonstrate. So we, me and my husband, made this placard that said uh, "Less driving, more walking," <laughs> and he went and stood in the middle of a four-lane highway while I took photographs and he held up the traffic. <laughs> it was all very, very scary That's and all right. odd. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, the feeling of actually having done it afterwards that we were on such a high it was that was wonderful and <laughs> we did lots of these projects in from this book and and by the end of it i was kind of looking for something that gave me a similar feeling and i discovered in my local library that they had a short story slam which was an event where you could anybody could sign up write a short story that had to last no longer than 5 minutes when you read it out to the audience to a live audience mhm and so i signed up i wrote my first short story the audience also voted on their winner and and i read it out and it was a very bad short story and i read it very badly <laughs> and of course i didn't i didn't win it was the first short story <laughs> i had ever written you know well I, I did a bit of creative writing at school when I was 16, but, you know, not for many, many years. Mm-hmm. But this event happened every six weeks or so. And so I signed up again and I wrote another short story and again and again. And, and maybe I can't remember how long it was, a year or two, I, I won. And um, and then I decided, well, this, you know, this this is fun. Maybe I will sign up to do or apply to do an MA in creative writing. And I got accepted onto that course. It was a part-time two-year course. Mm. And, and I wrote my first novel on that course, Our Endless Numbered Days. And I thought, well, I've written this novel. I'll send it out to agents. I'll see what happens. You know, without still without thinking, I want to be a novelist. Mm-hmm. But I got an agent really quickly. And she loved it. And we did a few edits. And then she sent it out to publishers. And we got three offers so it went to auction, and Penguin won in the UK. This was all happening in the UK, and and shortly after Penguin bought it, Tin House in the US bought it. Um, and I found that I was an author, which was all really? very exciting and and kind of odd. And then halfway through the second book, Swimming Lessons, I thought I actually I love to do this full time, so I gave up the day job and started writing full time. So that that was kind of how it started very unexpectedly, very excitingly. Yeah, and I've carried on from there.
0: It's an inspiring story. And yeah, I think your latest Unsettled Ground has gotten quite a bit of glowing praise, and was recently shortlisted for the 2021 Women's Prize for Fiction. And we were talking a little bit about this. But how how, what is that feeling like when you get that, uh, that phone call?
1: Oh, it was! I think I screamed. My <laughs> uh, my husband told me that I screamed, so I didn't remember <laughs> screaming, and he right. ran up the stairs to see what was wrong. Well, and, and it was actually what was right. Yeah. It was very it was very exciting and also completely unexpected. Um, because I've been following this prize as a reader for so long. You know, previously it was the Baillie's Prize, and before that it was the Orange Prize, and I have just discovered so many great books on the long list and the short list, and and as winners. Um, so it was wonderful to be included in something that I've been following for so many years, and and also you know, great to have to be judged, you know, amongst by by a few um, judges to be worthy of getting on the shortlist is is also obviously wonderful and also it obviously finds a lot more readers because it's on the shortlist lots of people read the whole shortlist to work out which is their favorite book um so that's a really nice thing you know i've connected with a lot more people on instagram and on twitter who have read the novel and i i don't think they would have come across it without it being on the shortlist so that's a lovely thing too
0: yeah, that's got to feel good. How does it feel to to be in that company and then do you then do you read your peers' work? Are you reading other finalists to and then do you compare, you know, do you get this feeling like where where you're comparing or or not?
1: I think you can't help but do that and it is it's really difficult and and what it highlights which I obviously know already is that taste in novels is so subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't all like the the same thing, and you have a different panel of five judges. They're likely to pick a completely different shortlist. So it's so it's lovely to be on it, but I do know it doesn't mean that my book is the best book amongst all the ones that they read. It's it's it it suits their taste and and it answers some things that they're looking for. Um, and I am reading the the others on the shortlist, and but I'm kind of holding back from saying what I thought about them because it, that it, that feels wrong somehow. Mm-hmm. So so although on Instagram I post often post the books I'm reading, I have a kind of Claire's Books at Breakfast post where oh, you cool. know, I put a, <laughs> I put a a book on a plate and and talk about the book. I I've held back with with the shortlist because that it somehow doesn't seem right. I might well do it after the winner is announced. I might um, say what I th- think <laughs> about them, but yeah. That's <laughs> cool. But try and be honest, but also, you know, constructive or <laughs> positive in some way. I think, all, you know, nearly all books, uh, you can say something positive about them, certainly.
0: <laughs> oh, sure. Well, that's very <laughs> diplomatic of you. Um, and of course, you know, you want diplomacy in, in that it's kind of a setting because these are your peers, and, and you'll you'll be you'll be settled alongside each other for eternity now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community, where subscribers get access to uncut, ad free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry over eight years we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders and as your humble host i've decided to launch a membership-based patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise swap tips and tricks and hang out with like-minded peers just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources monthly episode breakdowns writer's happy hour a community of your peers ad-free episodes and more it's free to join get a preview and you can upgrade anytime that's patreon.com slash the writer files help us start something cool and special keep calm and write on yeah the um the breakfast uh books are very cool i love this instagram of course i'll link to um your home base there which is clairefuller.co.uk and uh your twitter and instagram where listeners can find out more about you and and they can look at your artwork there there's there's some amazing sculpt- sculpture work congratulations on those pieces look really really uh time consuming
1: yeah i haven't i have to admit i haven't done the sculpture for a very long time because it feels like um the writing provides my creative outlet i mm-hmm. suppose i i haven't felt the urge particularly but um when i was sculpting. I was doing um, stone carving and wood carving. So yeah, they take a long time, definitely. And dusty, dusty
0: work. Yeah, yeah, they look a little dusty. But no, it's, you know, that kind of work has to be engaging your brain in a completely different way creatively. But do you find in the midst of a novel, if you're getting stuck or kind of reaching a, a place where the words aren't maybe flowing... Do you have a hobby or uh, some sort of a, a alternate, you know, are you picking up a sketchbook? Do you do you have ways of kind of getting outside of your brain or outside of a a story so that you can, you know, kind of do some of that creative work in the background, you know, how hobbies are are quite important to creative folks and especially uh deep thinkers and writers, I think.
1: Yeah. Um Well, I do lots of other things, but the thing that really helps when I am stuck with a piece of writing is reading other people's books. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, And there is something that happens in the subconscious for me that people say happen, other writers say happen for them, perhaps when they're walking or showering or whatever. But for me, it really happens when I'm reading, especially if I'm reading a really fantastic book that is beautifully written. Mm. Somehow, while I'm reading ideas about my own fiction come to me and Hmm. they often aren't related to what i'm reading but some connection works there i don't i don't even know how it works but i have noticed you know over the years that that really helps me get unstuck if i am stuck um and even more excuse to read then isn't it
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely of course uh writers have to be readers, I think. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible. I mean, it's fascinating. I think kind of c- getting into your brain and your creative process. I'll talk a little bit about, uh, your latest in Unsettled Ground, which I thought this nice blurb from Warren Groff was cool. Uh, so sharply, so utterly brilliant that I found myself holding my breath while reading dazzled by Fuller's mastery and precision. What, how does that feel? How does that blurb <laughs> feel?
1: <laughs> wow. When that came through that was that was an amazing moment too. Uh, that's yeah. Really cool. Lovely. Delighted, of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, talk about talk about unsettled ground and some of the um maybe the the spark of inspiration that that birthed uh your latest novel.
1: Yeah, it, there was a spark of inspiration actually for it and it was to do with place. So in the novel, there there are fifty one year old twins who still live with their mother in rural isolation and poverty, and their mother dies, and they discover that she has lots of debts, and so they are evicted from their cottage, which they believed was theirs, and things spiral downhill from there. Really, mm-hmm. they they yeah, life becomes very difficult for them, um, and. Somewhere in the middle of the novel, they end up in a very horrible caravan in the woods. And I think for a US market, you would probably call that a camper trailer. Mm -hmm. So it's a thing that's towed behind a vehicle that you take on holiday. Um, And there are lots of those in the countryside in England. They get abandoned or they're used by farmers or agricultural workers and and eventually they kind of fall into disrepair and become very disgusting. Um, And my son found one in the woods not too far from where I live. This was while I was still just finishing Bitter Orange, my previous novel. And I hadn't really thought about what the next one was going to be. But he took me out to this caravan because he said it's so disgusting, Mum. You'll love it because <laughs> <laughs> he knows that I like kind of weird places and weird things.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and we went out there, and he was absolutely right. The it had been vandalised. The windows were smashed. It had become green from the leaves and from the creepers that were growing over it the door was hanging off it it was very (laughs) smelly but it was also incredibly atmospheric and somebody clearly had been living there at one time and it just made me think who who had lived there what had taken them there because it was a long way even from a village there was not even a track to it it was literally in the woods um and how had they managed because there wasn't any sanitation there wouldn't have been any power Mm -hmm. um and what would their life have been like after they left were they kind of on a downward journey or maybe did things (laughs) get better for them and the character genie was created in my mind so she is the main character in unsettled ground and and Mm. that that was the spark really
0: that's cool yeah i mean i think it's a very interesting time in history to, to be, exploring um, the idea of home and identity and displacement because so many families, you know, spe- I think especially during the pandemic, but also, you know, kind of as we talk about so often on this show, like the concentric circles of crises that still, you know, to this day, even without the pandemic, you know, we're facing climate change, um, of, uh, you know, historic um, change that's you know, moving a lot of people, moving a lot of families. But then uh, on top of that, you know, we also, with the advent of the internet, you know, there are no secrets any longer. Right. And we've talked with, um, uh, through Danny Shapiro about her kind of, uh, her non nonfiction about kind of family secrets and how, how secrets can't be kept any longer. But yeah, so there's a lot, a lot going on with that. And this idea of place. And I love this, this camper that's fallen in disrepair had, had sparked this, uh, this story, that's uh, gotten so much acclaim, so congratulations on the work.
1: Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much.
0: <laughs> I think it's uh, it's quite timely um, probably for a lot of people, but you know you know we we have been dealing with the homeless epidemic here in the United States, which is just, you know hard to believe, given our, our kind of status in the world.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's the same here. But but what really makes the news and also I think probably is written about in novels is, is urban poverty and urban homelessness and not so much rural. Um, so it was something that really interested me because there are people who have to survive like Jeannie and Julius, you know, have very little access to technology and and in the rural environment are finding that the services are being cut and you know they're there if you don't have transport and there aren't any buses going to the nearest town, how do you get to the bank? How do you get to the hospital? How do you move around if you are very limited and you have limited resources? Um so that was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I'd realized that Jeannie and Julius are in this situation, you know, I wanted to write more about that.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, oh, there was a movie um, that um, has, has gotten quite a bit of um, critical acclaim also that here in the United States, I'm not sure if you caught it, but it, it was uh, Nomad Land.
1: I haven't seen it yet, but I do really want to. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard about it.
0: That kind of uh, covers some of the same... Ideas, at least. Um, but, you know, it's an, a very interesting time. And, uh, yeah, it's certain, certainly thought-provoking, to say the least. But, yeah, I was going to talk a little bit more about creativity with you and and your productivity, but um, you know, we've kind of delved into the, the origin of Unsettled Ground. Um, maybe talk a little bit about the process now that you've written four novels and you're probably chewing on a fifth uh Mm -hmm. what what's next for you and and kind of like how how uh how do you prepare yourself to get those get those pages or or you know get into a new novel
1: for me once once that idea has come so with unsettled ground the caravan in the woods that i don't really spend very much time thinking about it once i've finished the previous novel then i i don't allow particularly any. Thinking time or any planning or plotting time, I I really just start writing and on my laptop start just start seeing what will happen and where things will go. So so I don't have any idea about what this novel is about, who the characters are, what the situation is, what the dynamics are. I just start writing and something will happen in that first scene obviously or the first chapter and there will be some consequences from that and uh, uh, possibly a number of consequences that I could choose from and it feels like you know I might choose one and then I write another scene and there are consequences from that and I that's really how I move through my process of writing without any idea of what is coming next so for me, it feels incredibly painfully slow and I don't like doing it. <laughs> I, have, I have to make myself write with all sorts of little tricks. You know, I can't have lunch unless I've written another 100 words or whatever it is. Um, and be, but what I really love is the editing and the revision. And I would do that all day every day if I could without actually creating any new words so my rule to myself is that in every writing session whether that's 10 minutes or whether it's a whole day I'm only allowed to edit what I wrote in the previous session and I must write some new words doesn't matter how many it could be five it could be 500 or it's never going to be 5,000 for me it's very slow for me um but that, so that so that the novel does grow, um, and then maybe it takes me a year and a half to get to the end of what I might call the first draft. Although it has been edited a little bit as I've gone along, and I'm I'm in a writing group, so I send them work as 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 I'm writing. Every month we meet, and they have a chapter or so, so I get some feedback also as I'm going along, and I might make those changes. And then after that year and a half, when finally I get to the end and I can say, oh, so that's what this book is about. (laughs) And and those are the themes and that's the subject. And these are the problems. You know, there's obviously lots of problems and lots of revision that needs to be done. And then I spend, I don't know, six months to a year revising and editing. Uh, First of all, at quite a high level. So looking at, plot and suspense and characters and also you know all those kind of high level things if you like and moving bits of the text around and then I get into a finer and finer and finer detail until finally I'm really examining is is every word the right word in the right place and reading it aloud to myself over and over and over so that I can hear the rhythm the rhythm of it so that's that's how it normally works. But I, like, I liked your uh, adjective, chewing on a new novel. It does feel like, it really feels like that.
0: Well, I, you uh, know, I was going to try to draw the parallel um, between the sculpture work and your artwork. Um, it seems like that, you know, it, it sounds kind of like a similar process. You're kind of just starting out with a raw chunk of stone and then just slowly, you know, kind of whittling. What You, you don't know what it's going to be right out of the gate you've just got this you know you're just starting to carve this the uncarved block so to speak mm. to use yeah, it a, is like that yeah.
1: it, it is like that i i might have a vague idea you know what what well partly it's based on the shape of the stone so you know what would i like to carve what things have i been looking at what shapes um and then i would start carving and if if something doesn't work or there's some flaw in the stone or, um, I don't know, I get distracted or, or, you know, literally a nose falls off or something,
0: mm. <laughs> then, then
1: I, I have to rework it. And writing is is quite like that for me. It is very organic. And if something doesn't work or I reach a dead end, I have to backtrack and, and rewrite or lift something out and it's very sculptural it is yeah
0: Hmm. quite
1: interesting that
0: yeah very interesting well i was going to say um yeah there's there are certainly textures and and kind of a a distinct i don't i want to say a grain to your work that's uh quite fascinating and it seems that your background as an artist lends to that
1: yeah i think it probably does and also although i i'm not a painter i I've done a lot of drawing in the past, so I think I probably have quite a, a visual mind. And when I write, I can see the scene unrolling in front of me in my mind's eye, as if it's a film. And so I'm I'm writing it down. Hmm. So I do see it very visually um, as I'm writing.
0: Interesting. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've heard I've heard writers say that you know, or describe fiction as, you know, as a dream that you're kind of sharing, a shared dream, but but of course and and dreams are very um as you mentioned about novels, you know, they're very subjective. Each reader brings their own, you know, canvas of their mind or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm stretching this <laughs> a little too far, <laughs> but but no, I I think uh yeah, I'm absolutely. I was seeing as you were describing that, I was seeing I was kind of seeing your writing process. It was very interesting. Well, uh, yeah. How do you feel about the cover of uh, Unselled Ground? It's a, it's a beautiful cover, I think.
1: Oh, it's so beautiful, isn't it? And that is actually a, a painting by um, Valerie Hegarty. Well, a sculptural, a sculpture, really. Um, and it's a, f- a frame with some flowers painted in it. Mm-hmm. And then the actual roots, actual roots come out. So it's a photograph of her sculpture, And yeah, they've done an amazing job, Tin House. It's very, very beautiful. I think, yeah, it's quite arresting.
0: Yeah. Um, Congrats. Congrats on the work. Um, Good stuff. Well, of course, I will link to your home base there, uh, all the other social media places. And we'll keep an eye on the uh, Women's Prize Fiction as that advances. (laughs) uh, It's got to be an exciting time for you
1: you know, it'd be lovely to win, but if I don't win, I just really want to be able to go to the party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. of course. To buy
1: a frock and go to the party.
0: Well, that should be very fun. We'll keep an eye on that. I will link to um, that website as well. And the book, of course, uh, listeners, do you, where else do you want to connect before we kind of wrap up here with a couple last questions? Where else do you want to connect with the listeners? I think I got most of it.
1: I th- no, I think you have. Yeah, Instagram is where I hang out most of the time on social media.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Those are great. I love. I love it. I'll link to the Instagram. Um, check out the the. What are we calling these? The bre- book breakfast.
1: Oh yeah, books at Claire's books at breakfast. I think it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you have a future in uh, another medium. I'm not sure what it would be, but Claire's books at breakfast. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure either. Could be a TV <laughs> program um yeah uh cool so a couple a fun one for you if you could have dinner with any author from any era uh to your favorite restaurant in the world all expenses paid um who would you take and where would you take them
1: i think i would quite like to take shirley jackson because if um if any uh if we weren't treated very well, I think Shirley would, she would She would talk her mind and she would make sure that they snapped to it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I can imagine her like that, but I think she'd also be really fascinating. You know, I'd love to talk about her writing process. Um, yeah, she would be a good one. And where would I go? Um, I have been to America quite a few times and been to some amazing restaurants a vegetarian mm. restaurant in new york but can i remember mm. the name of it no i cannot remember but <laughs> i'll go for that one with shirley jackson although i think shirley jackson would be a carnivore i really <laughs> think she'd be a meat eater so maybe we could slip in a little steak for her i okay. don't know <laughs> all right
0: um we'll have, we'll have a, a private room where we'll, we'll cater it and uh, i'm sure they'll make us cook the steak in a, in a separate kitchen
1: I'm sure. they probably would she'd have to bring her own knife and fork too <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right um they're very particular about the steak touching the forks perfect well uh yeah do you, do you have any uh final pearl of wisdom for your peers and and fellow uh scribes and just kind of how to keep their chins up during you know times of adversity
1: it is it can be hard but it, and i actually this probably isn't going to help but it doesn't it, maybe it does help it doesn't get any easier so you've just got to you've got to push through it you've just got to keep writing and when you reach that moment in the middle of the book that everybody does where you're thinking no one's going to read this this is rubbish I should go and start another project I'm not interested in this anymore you've just got to push through that feeling and, and keep going because I think everybody feels
0: it yeah push through the dip yes to get to the other side and then the good stuff starts to happen in the revision process we we really appreciate your time and wisdom congratulations on the work and all of your successes and uh, hopefully you'll come back and, and visit us again in the future
1: that would be lovely it's been a real pleasure thank you for having me
0: thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the writer files and if you enjoy the podcast Please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers out there find us. You can always leave a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm. And you can chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.